You know, I love that music as we just kind of, you know, gathered in the house of the Lord tonight and we're just uh, celebrating this precious night, music that directs us, you know, to this as we were just singing together, you know, this night divine. But let me say, unfortunately, Christmas is often a day of rushing around and hurry schedules and and people that are worrying about this and that, and sometimes there's even fighting. Oh, no, there's even fighting that breaks out, you know, about gifts or whatever it is. And so there's this, this stress dynamics that happens at Christmas. How many agree with me sometimes? I mean, let's just be transparent tonight that sometimes there's this all of the stress. It results in burning feet and heads aching and nerves that are frayed. I, I think uh, uh, sometimes we need to... You know, maybe be like this little girl that I read about, uh, a little girl who was reciting the Lord's Prayer. She meant to say, forgive us our trespasses, but she said, forgive us our Christmases. (laughs) I believe that many of us perhaps need to pray that prayer, Lord, forgive us our Christmases. Because we fall in the same kind of trap that maybe that we were going to read about here just in a moment when we read about the very first Christmas. And we find out that in that very first Christmas, there, there was no room for the Lord Jesus in the end. And I'm afraid that today, for many, there will be no room for Jesus. I mean, in this world that we're living, in the society in which we, we are making our living and we're experiencing life, that there are so many that are not making room for Jesus. And so I, I want to speak today on that subject. I want to speak about the crowded out Christ. Now, I kind of stole the title because that was originally titled that Adrian Rogers, Pastor Adrian Rogers, used at one time. It's my message, but his title, I love the title, but the title is The Crowded Out Christ. I mean, think about that, The Crowded Out Christ. So go with me as we go to Luke chapter 2, and we're going to be looking at, at verses 1 through 7. We're going to follow along here on the screen, or possibly maybe you have some kind of electronic Bible with you you want to follow along. So we go to Luke chapter 2 tonight, reading the Christmas story together. Luke chapter 2, beginning at verse 1. In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria. And all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and the lineage of David, to be registered with Mary he betrothed. He was betrothed to who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the end. Precious Father in heaven, I thank you for the word today. I thank you, Father, for speaking, Lord, to our heart tonight. I thank you, Lord, that that Lord, that you are present with us, that Lord, you're giving us this this moment as we gather in this holy place. And yes, even this divine night, Lord, just to remember what you've done for us, that you became flesh. And so, Father, I just pray that we would, we would honor you tonight as we, we just read this story together. Lord, thank you, good Lord, for this Christmas. Thank you, Father, for all the blessings that we are experiencing, Lord, in life. And we thank you for the roof that is over our head and the food that we have to eat because there are many that do not have a roof over their head. There are many that are that are hungry possibly tonight. And so, Father, we gather as believers 
and we gather with the, the common denominator that we, we believe in you. And, and Lord, we have to say we're grateful. Thank you, God, for the blessing that you've given us. And so, Lord, I pray that you just speak and just, Lord, minister to that one tonight that needs to hear your voice. We thank you for this word. I pray all these things in Jesus Christ's glorious name. Amen. So for many people, the Christmas spells is more about the jingle of cash registers because there's so much money involved or maybe about the spirit of Midas instead of the spirit of the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings, of course, who is Jesus Christ. And that is where I want to insert my observation about this passage. And what I want to say about this passage is that I believe that maybe in this innkeeper's heart there was just a little bit of coldness. There was a little bit of callousness on his heart because the Bible says here in verse 5 that Mary was great with child and she was about to be delivered. And, and, and I'm wondering, I'm wondering, would you say to a young couple, if there was this young couple that came to you or by your home and, and they were great with child and, and here's this young father and this potential mother and she is about to deliver a child, would you say to them, that you do not have any room. You, you say, well, pastor, honestly, maybe he really didn't have any room. I know there was one room he could have given. I, I, I know there, there was one space that he could have shared. And by the way, that space was his own. It was his own room. He could have given his own room. And so there was room. You know, there was an old story about a man who came to a hotel and the man behind the desk said, well, we just don't have any room, sir. Well, the guest said, well, I, I want to ask you a question. I want to ask you this question. If, if, if I told you that the guest who was coming was the President of the United States, whatever favorite president that is of yours, if, if it was the President of the United States, what would you say then? What would you do? And he looked at the man. He said, the President of the United States? And, and, and he said, yeah, the President. And he said, well, I, I guess I, I would give him, I'd give him my room. I mean, certainly in Scripture, especially in the life of Christ, we have examples of how to live life. I mean, how to live Christianly and how to live lovingly and how to live a holy life and how to live a life that is that is worthy to be called Christian. I mean, the Scripture is about that. I mean, Christ gives us that great example. But do you know also there are examples in Scripture in the Bible of how not to live our life for obvious reasons? And I think the keeper of the end is one such story. I mean, think about it for a moment. I mean, really, he had room for his family. He had room for his guests. He had room for visitors. I mean, he had room for, you know, the festivities of the time as the people were rushing into the town. But he hung on to what was his. He kind of just hung on to what was his. I mean, we kind of do that sometimes. We, we kind of hang on to what is ours. And I tried to honestly put myself in this man's shoes. I tried to imagine, what if I were the innkeeper and somebody came knocking at my door and it was a, a young husband and, and a potential mother and they were seeking a place. And I thought to myself, there's no way that I can imagine what it would be like to be in the shoes. But then all of a sudden, whoosh, there was this memory that rushed in my mind as I was reading this passage and it was the memory when my wife and I was pastoring our first church and, and we were literally living on about eleven or $12,000 a year salary and we had two toddlers at home. I mean, we barely had enough food for ourselves. And there was this girl, this young 17-year-old girl that we encountered. Her husband was was on drugs and on the street and lost somewhere. She didn't know where he was. And she had been kicked out of the little apartment that they had. And so this young 17-year-old pregnant girl literally did not have a place to live. 
And Heidi and I, somehow we encountered her. I can't remember. It's been some years ago, but how do you remember that? And so we invited her to live with us. And we didn't have a bed, but we put a pallet together, a place that she could call a bed. And she slept there in the corner of her home there for some months as she began to kind of work life out. And, and folks, I want to say this, where we were trying to take care of ourselves and our kids, it was hard making room for somebody else. It's hard, you know, to make room sometimes. It, 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 is, it is something that stretches us and it challenges us when we have to make room for others. And, and I understand the theological balance of the passage here. I mean, perhaps the only family who is knocking at the door Maybe it's symbolic of Revelations chapter 3 verse 20 where, you know, Jesus says, here I am, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone opens the door, I will come in and sup with him and he with me. And perhaps tonight, this is symbolic of Jesus knocking on the door because you see, every Christmas, every December, you see, we are reminded that God become, becomes flesh. God became flesh. And he dwelt among us because he loves us. Remember the story of love. That's what we've been talking about is the story of love. And the evidence of that story of love is that God becomes flesh. That means God, our creator, comes to us. And that is the evidence of his love. And it's possible that this is a reminder that Jesus is knocking not only just on December 24th and 25th, but folks, Jesus is knocking at the door of your heart every day of the year. And he's asking us to make room. Perhaps the passage here tonight is just kind of symbolic of, of the fact they end up in a, a dark stall or a cave behind, you know, the inn there. Because you see there was no room. And so they have to go to the stable. And Jesus is born in a manger. We know that in this dark stall or this dark cave. And, and perhaps knowing that Jesus is the light of the world. That it is symbolic that the light of Christ is piercing the darkness of this world. And maybe perhaps that is what the story means to you tonight. That the light of Christ, Jesus is the light, by the way, if you've never heard that, that the light of Christ is piercing the darkness of your life. And it was so appropriate, this little fan the kids brought, that was cute, it kind of stumped me a little bit, but the fan, you know, and, and I said, what, you know, sometimes I don't feel good on the inside because something's happening, and the way I feel good is I, what, I invite Jesus on the inside. I invite Jesus into the dark. In fact, I have a little picture in my office. It's a picture of Jesus knocking at the door. And when you look at it, you can see the thorns and the thistles around the door because it represents the heart, the door of your heart. And there's thorns and thistles and, and, and there's this kind of light that's a glow there that's emanating from Christ because he's at the door. But on the inside of the door, there's a little window on the inside of the door. It is completely dark on the inside. And that picture, the artist painted it. Uh, as an example, an illustration of Revelation chapter 3, verse 20. And so when Jesus, you imagine you open the door, the light of Jesus begins to light up the room, the inside of your heart. And possibly this passage is reminding us that Jesus wants to pierce the darkness of your heart. And I, I don't know, it sounds like I'm being judgmental. I'm not trying to be judgmental, but maybe it's possible that it's been a, a difficult year and things are bleak and you're really struggling. You're really wrestling and there's this bitterness on the inside and it's dark and there's a stony ground. And Jesus is saying, I want to bring light into that life. I want to bring light into that heart. And perhaps that is what this is symbolic of. I try to imagine being in the shoes. You see, for us in this moment, I mean in this hour, 
Living Christianly is beyond the few hours when we have holiday cheer and we are tenderized by giving gifts to others and we enjoy the season and we're making merry and and it's a moment that we're making room for Christ, right? But living Christianly, I'm telling you, is living all year long with a heart's tender towards others and doing good deeds and loving actions and and it, it means all that. What it means, it means making room for Jesus in our life. It means making room for Jesus. And I promise that we would wrap up this theme of the story of love. And the story of love is that God became flesh. He came to his creation because he loves us. That is the evidence of God's love. And the way we're wrapping this up is we're turning it back around because it says that God loves us. But we're turning it back around. We're asking the question, how do we show God that we love him? And we show God that we love him by making room for him. We make space for Jesus. And maybe you're being transparent with yourself and your mind and you're saying, you know, I've not done well <laughs> making space for Jesus. And tonight is just, just kind of a jump start. And you're feeling the Holy Spirit tweak your spirit. And you're going to say, I'm making room for Jesus. Yeah, it is, it is about Christ. And I want Jesus glorified in my life and in my heart. I challenge you, as we enjoy the rest of the night, it's going to be special. Make room for Christ, and that will glorify God.
amen. I want to invite us now just to light our candles as we move into the next song. And let's just worship the Lord to be reminded that the light has come and we're making room for him. Light your candles. Would you stand as we sing Silent Night together? I'm waiting for the lights to go out because it's no fun with the lights on. <laughs> so- tradition here at Mission Church. As you were welcome to keep your candles lit since this year we did not do real flames. We would love to invite the children to come to this front section and we're going to sing a song that hopefully will kind of bring in a little bit of Christmas cheer and give a little surprise to our children. Are you ready? If you know the song, feel free to sing. Sable tree
Yeah, I was going to say, you know what? I know some of you are just itching to get in the snow, right? Okay, so this we didn't plan this. This might be chaos. You're dismissed. You want to come get in the snow? We're going to keep singing. Come get in the snow. You're dismissed. Merry Christmas. Have a great time. Bye.